the opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody queens. Hey, hey, it's about that time. What time is it? It's custody queens time. All right, today we have such a fun show, and the million dollar question, Sam, is... To settle or not to settle. And we're going to get into all of the components of settlement. When do you settle? When do you not settle? Where do you draw the line? And everything in between. But before we get there, Sam, I just want to chat for a minute. Enjoy this fall weather. It's absolutely a beautiful morning sitting here with you doing this talk show. And I couldn't be more excited that we get to wear chunky sweaters and heels and just enjoy life. Do you have a favorite soup right now? I know you're a a big soup maker. Oh, I love soups. I use the crock pot at least three days a week during fall and winter weather. And my favorite is a low-carb broccoli cheese soup. You've actually made that before for me. And I have like eight variations of the soup. It's very good. Um, But it has cream cheese in it and, you know, fresh broccoli and a bunch of spices. But if you just Google you know, low carb broccoli cheese soup. And then I always add easy to my search term. So (laughs) that way I don't get a 45 minute prep recipe for a slow cooker. But yeah, do you have any go-to crock pot meals? Uh, Chicken soup, just a good hearty chicken soup, get some vegetables in there. I've been using cauliflower instead of rice lately. Yummy. Yeah, I actually saw a funny meme and I don't know exactly how it went, but basically it said something along the lines that if we can turn cauliflower into rice and mashed potatoes, pizza crust, and pizza crust and a steak, we can do anything <laughs> that we want. Uh, and another quick recipe that I just want to share with everyone because it makes me look like I'm a really good cook and I am actually a horrible cook. It's something I have an interest in, but I never have the time for. So you get frozen chicken breast or or chicken breast that may not be frozen as well. You throw them in the crock pot and you take a jar of really good homemade salsa. Whether it's pico de gallo or Trader Joe's has a great red salsa. You take the entire jar and you just pour it on top, even if it's frozen chicken. Let it go for eight hours. Woo, when you walk in from work, your house smells like you have just made a five-star meal. And then I use it. You're making for, me hungry. I know. And then I use it for taco salads. I The kids can, you know, just use the chicken, throw a little sauce on them with rice. But I it, literally, it's meal prep for three days. And it's so easy. That sounds really good. So did you have a WTF moment this week, Sam? I actually did, Kristen. So... You know I'm a big coffee drinker. No way. (laughs) But I came downstairs to turn on my Keurig, as I always do. I have a giant dinosaur mug uh, that I 
pour one to two cups of coffee in before going to work. But I was looking for my coffee mug and I couldn't find it. Apparently I forgot that I didn't have the coffee mug in front of me. So I basically had an entire cup of coffee spill out all over my counter, on the floor, the works. Uh, it just goes to show that I'm very much addicted to caffeine. I, I have done that as well. And it's kind of like trying to press the power button fast enough, but it's just pouring out. And I think that's a little, your story is a little funny because I spend hours and hours a week with you. And I think it was yesterday I was in your office and you had a minimum of 14 uh, <laughs> coffee mugs, travel mugs sitting right to the right of your yeah, keyboard. Yeah, listen, I got a problem. So the fact that you couldn't find a mug, I find a little... No, I couldn't find my morning mug. Oh, okay. My dinosaur morning mug. My travel mugs, I have a problem. I have more travel mugs than anything, and I'm not very good at bringing them back home, so I just continue to buy new ones. And, yeah, everyone comments at the office, but there's it's a it's an army of, of coffee mugs. Yeah, and I think that Sam and I have actually, like, kind of morphed into one person, so whenever I'm missing something... I can usually go find it in Sam's office. Definitely. Chris, and vice versa. Kristen has a really good WTF moment. I do. I do. And I love sharing these moments with you guys, uh, even though sometimes I'm like, mm, probably shouldn't have disclosed that. <laughs> but it definitely brings out the blonde in my hair um, sometimes. So throughout the year, one of the things that I like to do for our employees, something that management likes to do for our employees, is we like to give out gift cards to employees, whether it's for the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's an employee who just really did a great job that week and we want to take a moment to reward them and acknowledge them. So I was ordering, and I often order the Bolt gift cards through corporatetarget.com, and I got the gift cards, and my <laughs> assistant brought me the box, and I'm looking at it going, wow, I don't remember ordering that many gift cards. So I meant to order three $100 gift cards, and I ordered $100 $3 gift cards. So imagine me giving the employees, I mean, what can you get at Target besides a piece of candy or a soda for $3? Yeah, Tic Tacs. Yeah, so that was definitely a blonde moment. That was a red flag to me to say, Kristen. Woosa. Um, Makes a good story, though. That's funny. Yeah, and Target was really cool. I called them, and they kind of laughed, and then I said, how did your staff not notice this while processing the order? Has anyone ever ordered $103 gift cards? And, uh, they fixed it for me and made it right. But on a side note, that's just something that everybody should do, uh, whether it's a friend, a neighbor, an employee. I love giving people Starbucks, who do, a gift card to Starbucks. Who doesn't love Starbucks? And a handwritten note means the world to anyone. So do yourself, uh, you know, or make a goal for yourself for 2021, this new year we're in, and try to do something once a week that it doesn't even have to cost money. A little post-it that just tells someone to have a good day, you don't know the effect that that may have on them. And you're also teaching your kids that it starts in the home. Absolutely, Kristen. I could not agree more. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at one 800 419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right, I think it's time for us to do our TMI jar, which stands for too much information. I'm going to let Kristen do the honors. TMI. 
Alright, I guess I will go first. Alright, you have like a devilish look on your face. <laughs> Alright, so my question is, what's your signature dish that you make really well? Well, I kind of just talked about this in my topic a few minutes ago, but my signature dish would be my chicken and salsa. I mean, I really kill it. <laughs> what's yours, Sam? I would say I'm more of a breakfast girl. I think I make a really good breakfast uh, casserole. Get some eggs up in there, some veggies, some meat. Oh, I make a really good crock pot overnight uh, breakfast. It's the same, well, actually it doesn't have veggies, but it's the same thing. You you start you, you start it before you go to bed, and it's like eggs or egg beaters, and then frozen sausage. You can do frozen uh, bacon crumbles, and then you literally let it cook, and then when you wake up at like five in the morning, your whole house smells like I'm just imagining so a bunch of crock pots around your house at this point. I do have at least three crock pots. Um, I, yeah, my crock pot game has significantly increased over the years. I have the Ninja one right now, which I'm super happy with. And it also has other features, but I use it primarily. But I remember my very first uh, crock pot, it might've been a wedding gift or a birthday gift in law school or something. It didn't even have a timer. So I religiously would just burn everything because <laughs> I would set it on before I'd leave for work. And as a new attorney, your, your days can be very long. So I'd come home at seven, eight at night and just completely have that's funny burnt food constantly. That's so I did up uh, my crock pot game to one with a timer. Fair. All right. I'm pulling a question. I hope you get something that makes you feel awkward because I love looking at your face when you get a question that makes you like cringe. <laughs> okay, well, here I am, cringing. Um, okay, so my question is, what's your karaoke song? <sighs> I would say my all-time karaoke song is probably, I don't know that you guys are going to know it, but Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Suede. I know that song. That's that's my jam. That's I think that's my life song. That's my soundtrack. I probably listen to that song once a day, maybe every other day, forever. I cannot picture you karaoke. Like, I really can't. I mean, it happens. It's um, it's not very flattering. No, it's like, uh, what's that movie, My Best Friend's Wedding? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. there you go. That, right there, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I don't karaoke, and if I do, I was forced onto the stage. But if I absolutely had to, um, and it would probably be after a glass of wine, uh, would be either Love Shack or Girls Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs> yeah, Th Those would be my go-tos, but I can tell you, I can count on one hand how many times I've actually uh, done karaoke in my, my life. My stepdad gets very, very into karaoke, and on holidays, he, seriously, Matt, he on holidays, he pulls out the karaoke machine and it is Bon Jovi <laughs> for hours, and we always laugh because sometimes he'll kind of pull it out a little earlier you could see where his mood is <laughs> that's actually a really cool thing to do with like i mean that could just be a saturday get your kids involved yeah. that that's actually i could totally see matt doing that too that's fun yeah my husband when i first met him i think he owned his own karaoke machine that's awesome um yeah 
that was interesting. But yeah, that's a fun family activity that a family could do. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrup. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right, so let's jump into it. Our topic for today is to settle or not to settle. And we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and is it worth it? When it comes to settlement, we could be talking about a lot of different things, but we do think that there are a couple of of key considerations that every individual or family should be making when they're settling a family law case. Yeah, and settlement comes up at various times in a case. I can tell you that when I am assessing a case and I am seeing if settlement is a viable option, I am generally doing so from the onset at either the initial consultation when the client decides to move forward. I ask, is settlement an option? Is this something the client wants? If budgetary issues are a concern, obviously settling can limit attorney's fees to an extent. Um, So that's the first point that I would look at whether or not settlement was a viable option. Often uh, the next point in a the disposition of a case where I look at settlement is after the court makes custody and visitation orders. Because custody and visitation is generally, Sam, wouldn't you say that the most high conflict part of a case? It is because it's so discretionary and it's also a very emotional thing. No one wants to put a price tag behind how much they're going to spend to litigate a case and there's so many considerations that go into play regarding crafting a parenting plan in general and when you have that initial request for order or that initial hearing if you haven't already come to some sort of agreement prior to that the court's going to make a temporary order and and that order in a way is going to establish everyone's expectations And it also gives you an opportunity to know, hey, this is a good indication of what a court may or may not order if I went to a more permanent hearing. Yeah, it it absolutely does. That that temporary order is a very good indicator of the way that that judge sees your case, the way that that judge looks at issues on its face, and may or may not encourage you to think settlement. But after that initial custody visitation order is made, That is a great time for settlement because now that you've got the emotional issue handled obviously on a temporary basis, but you have it resolved to an extent, then we look at dividing the marital assets. Then we look at what cars do we have? What debts do we have? What retirements do we have? But those, I, in my opinion, are less emotionally driven issues. Right, absolutely. When it comes to settlement, there are so many things to consider before actually coming to a settlement. But the idea that you should never settle is not something that I think anyone should have in their in their mind or as their base. Unless, of course, there's a very, very serious safety concern going on, we're obviously not gonna encourage anyone to turn a blind eye to that. But you have to at least have an open mind to the idea of settlement. And you, and often Kristen and I will get a case, but you may think that something is just not gonna settle after time, resources, or issues develop, ultimately a settlement happens, and it happens a lot. 
So we want to encourage settlement. That doesn't mean that we don't litigate cases. Kristen and I are in court all the time, and we have to litigate a lot of issues. But just because you have to litigate some issues doesn't mean you have to litigate every single thing. I don't think it's a good idea to litigate because you're passionate about disliking your ex. That's a great point. You can settle some issues and then you can litigate others. But after you get to you know a point where you've sent numerous settlement proposals back and forth, it starts with a settlement proposal and then there's a counter proposal and then there's a counter counter. At some point, you have to have a real conversation with your attorney and ask the question, is settlement viable? Is there any likelihood that we can come to an agreement? A lot of people in family law cases, a lot of parties, they choose not to settle just because they don't want to. Right. Because there's the emotional aspect behind it. Yeah, and when you look at whether or not you want to or don't want to settle, you have to also look at the facts of your case and the law associated with that. Because you can want to settle and want your ex to settle for no custody or you know, for, settle for you having sole custody or physical custody of your children. That doesn't mean that's what the law says. It doesn't mean that's what a judge would order. And so you always want to also touch base with your attorney and yourself and what are the realistic outcomes that you would have if you went to trial. If you continue your case through its logical conclusion, just because you say, I don't want to settle, doesn't mean you're going to win. And there is some value to considering that. You can get some really good settlements in place because neither party wants to roll the dice on a specific issue. Yeah, and I think when you roll the dice, you are really, you are gambling, right? You don't know that judge's mood that morning. You don't know if that judge doesn't like the outfit you are wearing. You don't know if that judge has an issue with your attorney. There are so many factors that come into play and a great settlement is where neither party is happy. That's what they always say is the best settlement because neither party got exactly what they wanted. But at least with settlement, which usually involves multiple counter proposals back and forth until you get to a complete resolution on an issue or a global settlement, but you'll have some control over the situation. You will be able to say, if I settle, I can confidently expect the following will occur. Another thing I think with settlement that a lot of times people don't want to or don't know to consider is, how permanent of a settlement are you coming to? Are you arguing over a Friday night overnight visitation with a child? Is this something that maybe you could modify later on or come to an agreement later? You know, and, and I always kind of say, hey, this is maybe not the hill you want to die on. You, you want to pick your battles and you want to also consider the effects that prolonged litigation can have on your case, on your mental health, and on your emotional health. Yeah, and I think that also goes hand in hand that one of the hardest things with a custody case and custody litigation in general is the unknown, the fear of the unknown. So at least with settling and negotiating, you know what you're getting out of this, right? right? It may not be exactly what you want, but when you walk into court or you, you know, execute an agreement the night before court or on the court, you know, the, the stairs. Which is something Kristen always does, by the way. She's an excellent negotiator. Yeah, and I, I always laugh because it's like you, you prepare for the hearing as the attorney. We don't sleep well. We spend all week getting everything ready. And then 
I can't tell you 90% of the time the cases settle on the stairs of the courthouse. I, but I will say, I think that those cases settle because the other side knows how prepared you are to move forward. And when you're that prepared and you know what's going on with the facts, you're in the best possible position to negotiate not just any settlement, but a good settlement for your client. Yeah, and I think the final stage of a case, of the disposition that I would look to possibly see if I could settle a case, is either the eve of a hearing or after day one of trial and things may not have gone according to plan or I might have found out some new damaging information, I will be trying to negotiate as if my life depended on it. Yeah, that's what Kristen and I always say about putting your tap dancing shoes on because there's always the human aspect to this stuff. Stuff changes, you you hear something in court that you didn't think you were even going to have to consider and you're trying to hide your oh you know what face (laughs) but we make it work so it's just something to consider again Kristen and I are not saying you need to settle cases but you need to consider settling them it's not always best to settle them right out of the gate right when you file for divorce or a paternity action but you want to consider it Yeah, and something that's been very relevant for the last year dealing with the pandemic is if you have a case or you have a new paternity case that's been filed and you don't have court orders in place, then a good idea upon the inception or the filing of the case is see if the attorneys can work out an interim agreement. See if they can work out a temporary custodial agreement because that eliminates so much conflict regarding where is the child gonna be, who's gonna do the transportation, Where's the virtual, you know, desk set up? All of those are in limbo and all of those issues create conflict. Conflict with your children too. That is such a good point. And it is so important to consider that just because you are settling at a point in time doesn't mean you are settling all aspects of your, your case or settling the aspect of custody in general. You're establishing expectations to get yourself to court. Yeah, and and that's something that's just, it's been really relevant. And that does not apply to every case. There are a lot of cases. It is a case-by-case analysis. But there are many cases where strategically, I would not advise my client to do that for one reason or another. But if we're talking about you know, settlement on a global scale, I think having that custody visitation order agreed upon in the onset, I think it really sets the stage and the tone for the whole case. So true. There are few experiences more difficult than a divorce. Holstrom Block and Park has the experience and insight to help. I'm Dane Holstrom, and my name is on the door, and my team and I are here for you. Call 855-395-5111 for a free phone consultation. Our firm provides comprehensive services in family law. Whether you need help with a child custody case or dividing marital assets, call today at 855-395-5111. So I think, Kristen, it's time for us to take a message from one of our listeners. Kristen and I love this segment so much. All right, let's hear it. Hi, this is Anna from Whittier. I'm in the middle of a custody case, and I truly believe our judge doesn't like me. Can I switch judges? Thanks. So this is a really interesting question, and this is something that I think everyone wants to know on some level whether or not you can quote unquote get rid of a judge in the middle of your case. 
I would say, in general, the short answer is no. Very, 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 very rare circumstances. I personally haven't even seen one. When your case is assigned to a judge and your judge has already heard your case in a meaningful manner, that's your judge. But I always say this, and I think it continues to be true. If you believe that your judge doesn't like you, that doesn't mean that there are not things that you can do to still improve the overall outcome of your case. If you feel that way, you probably need a new attorney or you probably need an attorney in general. And it doesn't mean that that is going to magically fix the scenario, but it does mean that you may be presenting something wrong to the judge or you may be able to creatively present it a different way to give yourself some success. Family law is so interesting and unique in that when you have a child custody case, you have a very long period of time that the court has what's called jurisdiction over a case. So the court is going to continue to make orders over your child for a long period of time. And so if you feel that you are desperately in a bad situation, I would say that that moment will pass and should pass as long as you are taking positive steps to kind of reframe your case and reframe your facts. Yes, everything that Sam said is very true. Remember, judges often circulate, they leave departments. It's, and I mean, I have probably in 10 years seen a couple motions that alleged actual bias, which is nearly impossible to prove on its face. Um, it's not impossible, but it's very difficult to do so. I've only seen a handful of motions filed in 10 years. But Sam's right. You know, you have to, getting counsel, competent counsel like the custody queens, is probably step number one because a good attorney can completely change the overall outlook of your case, where you're going, where it's headed, and also the perception the judge has of you. I can tell you that having a well-respected, competent attorney can completely make all the difference in your family law case. So if you have the need for a family law attorney, make sure you call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. And Sam and I take consults ourselves. We do assessments. And I promise that if you guys call, we will take them, we will assess them, and we will make sure that you have the best representation. But that's the best thing you can do for your case rather than trying to prove that a judge doesn't like you. Right. And and just to clarify, this is probably a whole nother topic that Kristen and I could have on another show. But what we're talking about here is when a judge has already heard your case in a meaningful manner. There are a completely different set of facts associated with a department being assigned to a case and nothing having occurred yet. There's some time sensitive, intricate facts that we're not going to go into right now. But I think we could probably do a whole show on that, huh? Yeah. And it. it- and it's kind of we have we're not off, often in courtrooms right now because of COVID. A lot of it is Zoom and telephonic, but you can really see a lot about your attorney just from their confidence and how they communicate with other attorneys. I I will never get over how many times I would see an attorney, a random attorney, in the hallway, you know, screaming out for a client's name that they had never met, and I'm thinking to myself, wow this attorney doesn't even know the person that he or she is representing and at least send them a text message. Yeah. And it it just, it it does break my heart a little bit because again, you got to know your, your client's cases and facts 
as well as they do in order, in my opinion, to effectively represent anyone. Yeah, and having those, and have, making sure your attorney has those relationships with the deputies, with the bailiffs, with the clerks. You know, those, those relationships are almost just as important as the representation. So make sure you hire good counsel, do your homework. We have uh, 20 attorneys at Holstrom Block and Park and Custody Queens is growing and we have an attorney for everyone, everyone's budget. And I personally w- would love to chat with you and assess your case, as would Sam. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that wraps up today. I can't believe it's already over. So soon. No, this was a great one. I love when we just get to sit and have conversations. And I mean, I always love the educational aspect because truly that's one of my favorite things to do is to educate people on the law, their rights, their options. And remember, everybody, at the end of the day, this is your case. It's our job as attorneys to provide you your options and the facts But it is your life, it is your kids, it is your decision. I could not agree more. Kristen and I are happy to take consults. We say this all the time. If you have a legal question or you are considering attaining an attorney, please feel free to go to our website, custodyqueens.com, and fill out an inquiry. Please also give us a call at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. 419-7772. You can also check out Kristen and I's personal handles on social media. I'm at Samantha McBride. Kristen is at Custody Queens Kristen. You can also check out our Custody Queens on air social media. And remember, let, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us with a custody. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.